The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. You're listening to Squawk on the Street, the opening bell in progress. As you heard me say before, when I think climate, I think jobs. And the G7 also said we'd work together to take on China's abusive and coercive That is the president speaking at the NATO summit in Madrid, Spain, uh, talking about NATO unity, saying the U.S. Announced, intends to announce some additional weapons aid to Ukraine. We'll continue to monitor the speech and bring you highlights when he's done. In the meantime, good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. We finally get to put to bed today the worst first half of the year since 1970. Futures are red despite another cooler-than-expected inflation print and core PCE up 4.7. Bonds rally 10-year 302. The two-year is back to 295, Jim. So we had German CPI this week, UMISH revised, and now this. Are you, can we definitively say peak inflation's here? Uh, I think yes. But I also think that when you listen to what the uh, central banker said yesterday, they still speak in terms of more, uh, ultra urgency which then gets everyone worried, obviously, about a recession. I have Marty Musti on this, and Paychex is a terrific CEO. There's a 30-page conference call, and it's all great, 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 great. And then there's one line, which is, you know, of course, it can't continue if there's a recession. And it was like the wolves, just the wolf pack went against him. And we were talking about how the fact that everything was going well, but he felt he had to say that. But that was the tenor. And now people are all cutting their price targets. I think that's what's consumed people. That in the end, we were bookended yesterday by Bed Bath & Beyond and Restoration Hardware, now RH. And we left here just sullen and gloomy. Uh, well, I mean, it's funny because RH was one of the initial earnings calls that said, look out ahead. And now the second guide lower in the course of a month, Jim. Didn't, didn't buy stock and got a big buyback. And Gary, uh, Gary Freeman... It, it was just a one, you know, it was a, just a release saying things are bad. When he first started, he was the first to say, uh, to talk about mortgage rates doubling, first to say that luxury home sales were down, but also first to say that all these things like Ukraine are changing the way the stock market. So Gary's got the zeitgeist. Now, I, I, I wanted Gary to come on. Uh, he, di- he did not come on. People have different things to do, but. Uh, he's come on multiple times, and the emphasis is kind of how a lot of people feel right now. He was ahead of us, which is that stocks aren't going up, uh, bonds not that great a deal, the future's worse than the past. Uh, everybody, if it's a stock, 
Therefore, it goes down. I mean, you know, I, I'm doing research on stocks. And I'm like saying, what am I doing? As the stock goes down. So why, why am I bothering to do research? That's where we are. That typically is actually led to a, a, a better moment. But only because everyone's got negative. And I just think we're still not there yet. We don't have that crescendo that the late Mark Haynes used to talk about. So you think there's some people who are not negative enough? Exactly. I mean, we need any every strategist to to embrace Mike Wilson. Like, you know. I mean, 3,400. Yes. Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Wilson. Everyone. And by the way, there are people who say, listen, if we don't go to 3,900 today, uh, it's it, Katie bar the door. Well, I mean, every single price target that I see is so far away from where a stock is. It's incredible. And I'm doing work today. I say, OK, so what happens if Bed Bath can't pay its leases? Well, who gets hurt? I mean, I, I haven't done that kind of work since the Great Recession. I mean, it, it, it's this is just a, a not great time. Right. Not so, great time. Right. Um, yeah. As for you're, you're right about um, some leftover positivity. Wells is defending RH today. Cowan's target remains 300. Uh, their growth, their operating margin guidance, Jim, also 21 five at the midpoint. Now they were in the mid 20s, 24. Look, this is. A tremendous place to shop was all the way back. It is a, uh, a they had big expansion plans for this year. Uh, I'd like to know whether they feel like they've got to uh, pull some back. Gary Friedman's amazing operator. Uh, and now immediately people say, well, you got to sell Williams Sonoma because that's very different. They're very different. But uh, I just think that, that Gary called it first. Uh, I think retail's terrible. I look at something like Kohl's and say, well, I, wasn't there supposed to be a deal, Kohl's? I don't see a deal. I look at Macy's after a great quarter. It's all the way back. Anything in the mall is just a disaster. And I, and then some people say, listen, uh, it's because everyone's traveling. Well, if that's the case, why is American Express down under 140? I think the answer is, is that everybody's confused. Uh, you you want to take a trip, and then you hear Phil LeBeau say that your plane's been canceled. It's like I, like I literally, when I if I want to go on a trip, I would book like five different airlines. And then, of course, the, the biggest joke of all, the punchline, is that JetBlue wants to buy Spirit when the government's trying to block a, a deal between two defense contractors, and they still haven't even started the trial of Simon & Schuster merging the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I mean, the government doesn't want any mergers. Uh, well, we got a little more time on 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 save as they uh, delay the vote now to July. How 8th. do you like that? Yeah. Uh, but that's because of that. You're seeing it up a little bit. Are you that? Are you, is your view that the second half will be as bad as the no, first? No, it can't, no, because we're this is 1970, uh, and, and 1970 was a terrible time. I mean, real, well, it wasn't bad for me. I was oh, well, whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I I will say that the idea that if it's a stock, it goes down has to end. Uh, because I think China's coming back. And I think that the zero COVID is coming back. Uh, so you get one, you know, you've got the Fed can't just you know, tighten forever. You've got China getting better, and but you do have Russo-Ukraine. But that's okay. We can take one out of three being bad. We're going to do well. Because if China comes roaring back, I mean, then you'll look at Nike and say, why did I sell it at 103? Uh, we're going to watch Shanghai Disney uh, opening. Absolutely. I'm uh, trying to get pictures. Yep. I got some great pictures, uh, courtesy of Howard Schultz. I was going to say Starbucks, um, 800 Starbucks. stores yesterday. The, 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 uh, you know, the roastery, the reserves. I mean, you know, the people, indoor dining. And it was incredibly strong. 
So let's not write off China. The pictures were the pictures I had were just looked like the old days. So I think I think Shanghai Disney is going to be a very telling moment for China. So we all seem to be so gloomy. We forget that if we what is that the magic? Is that the Magic Kingdom there in Shanghai? Yeah. Well, it doesn't look like a lot of people there yet. <laughs> oh, there we go. Give it a there chance. we go. But I just think that we are, we're acting. You know, if you told me three weeks ago that, that Shanghai Disney would be open, yep. I'd say you're crazy. Yep. Yep. And there it is. Yep. It's pretty remarkable. And then, Jim, you mentioned Ukraine. Um, uh, Snake Island, they have retreated. I know. They're trying to frame it as a gesture of goodwill. Uh, but not everybody believes that. Well, if you listen to what the president was saying, that what we're sending, we're sending. But we're only, you know, it's interesting. We're sending fewer rounds than they used in Quezon against us uh, during the Vietnam War. We're still not committed in the way that when, when you send 500 tanks, I mean, you need, not that I'm calling for the Battle of Kursk, where you have 3,000 tanks. And Kursk is actually right there. But I, I do think that you have to send even more long-range military because what happens is is that they're out of our they're out of our drone reach and why are, and we need to see more javelin orders from lock, you know, to lockheed martin and to raytheon because you and i have both seen the unclassified film of what we can do to their uh, hardware which is really it's almost a video game it's so scary right but i guess in that, again second half playbook Better. China, a China recovery to some extent. Yeah, and then everybody's estimates will finally be down. What we really have to get away from, Carl, is price target cut. Price target cut. This morning, the only price targets that were up were FedEx. Everything else was price target cut. And by the way, they're so far away. And now we're starting to get to the REITs in a way that we didn't even get to them during COVID. You know, you're seeing Simon Properties, a great operator, being downgraded today. And then, of course... Oil, no one wants that either. Yeah, oil um, is on pace for actually the first losing month since yes. November. Yes. A um, lot of discussion about these Russian oil price caps. B of A says never going to work unless you no. get China and India online. Actually, they point out Russian exports are the highest since at least 2015. The Russians are the most, I mean, and it's the ruble is strong and you know, nothing is, you know, all the sanctions seem to me, uh, to be not equal to how much the Russians are taking in with oil because India and China don't care. I mean, India is a democracy. You would think that they would react a little more uh, in sync with the West, but they're not. Kind of a coal and oil base. Um, that said, though, Jim, you got Arbob Wholesale Gas, 72 cents off the high. Right. You're going back to mid-May no, levels I, now. I don't know if you saw Citi's uh, WTI forecast. For Q3, 95. For Q4, 81. For next year, 75. Well, we had a, a Carly Garner, who's my favorite commodity person, saying 75, 50 to 75 goes to 50, and that oil always comes back. My problem with, with that is, is that if China comes back online, really, then there'll be a, uh, there'll be a floor. Uh, and I don't believe that the, that the president can continue to. The yes, you know, the strategic petroleum yeah. are. There's like 365 days left of that thing. I thought it was meant for more than just this. Right. But I, I guess I, the I, point I, is, it's we're not talking 150 anymore. No, that. <laughs> no, this is what I've been saying, Carl. Is that if you had told me that we would be going down, I mean, we're we're stuck with this mindset of a month and a half ago, which is that inflation's out of control and China's never going to reopen. Now we have inflation peaking, China's reopening, and we're even more negative. That doesn't make sense to me. 
So I am saying, I said last night, look, if a company just reported great quarter, General Mills, and, and the stock comes in because of this, buy it. General Mills had an amazing quarter. And by the way, General Mills said the supply chain is getting much, much better. Hmm. S- supply chain getting better. Yep. So that's another one. Like, FedEx is talking about things being better. I think things are better than what people are saying. So when J.P. Morgan, like Kalanovic, comes out and says, uh, market expects the world to fall apart. If that does not happen, S&P can recover its losses at the end of the year. Is that too optimistic? No, I, I just don't think that. I mean, they're all still uh, laboring under the hurricane thesis. You know, we got a guy in Philadelphia, a weatherman, retires, named Hurricane Schwartz. I mean, we got like you know, Hurricane Sam Bank Friedman. There's like a, too many hurricanes. Right, it's a, like a Bob Dylan song. Right. We have to just stop. Jamie Dimon has to call and say, "I never meant the hurricane. What I did was the, the week before I said it was sunny. Let's go back to something, maybe cloudy. It's not that bad. <laughs> Everyone is so negative. It's not that bad." Yeah. Well, we've only got a few more weeks until we're going to hear from Jamie one way or another, right? True. As they report. I mean, but I was with an alcohol guy last night, and he said, "How, how you taking it?" And I'm thinking, how am I taking it? Like, something with my, my health? So <laughs> what what take, do you mean? Take my, uh, the Phillies? Maybe he's thinking the Phillies. He goes, the market. I said, well, market's horrible. He goes, yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. It's horrible. I mean, I, I, you know, away from us, the public has decided that this is a lose-lose proposition, the stock market. And a lot of people like the three-year. The three-year? Treasury. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, at this point, why, why not, right? Well, we have companies, really major companies that everybody likes that just feel like they just roll over every single day. Very visible companies, really visible companies. And, uh, and then we look at, at Pfizer today. And now Pfizer got a really big deal, right? At, at a three, much bigger, you see, it was a much bigger increase. $3 billion, right? And you know, they're, they're getting much more per, uh, 27% higher. And I was thinking... Geez, maybe we sh- I should recommend something positive about Pfizer. And then I said, no, it's a stock. <laughs> I don't want to be affiliated. I mean, I, the news is so good, Pfizer, and I'm just trying to figure out how much it's going to be down. Maybe it should be down a little less than other stocks. Yeah. We'll Carl, get- I wish I were, were not being facetious. Yep. That Pfizer deal was a sweetheart deal from the government. That stock should be up. Yeah, we'll get more on this uh, $3.2 billion supply agreement, along with their call to get uh, full approval for Paxlovid as we go into the fall. Well, of course, then everyone says Dr. Fauci used it, got it back. Uh, I, I did not have, I don't have any Pavlovid. I have Tylenol. <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll talk on Bitcoin as well. Actually sinks below 19 k earlier this morning on pace for the worst month pretty much ever. Wow. Uh, in the meantime, take a look at futures here on this final day of the month the quarter and the half. We're back in a minute. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Let's get straight to the point. 
You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Dow component Walgreens uh, topping earnings expectations, revenue also above estimates, but the stock under pressure in the pre-market down almost 4% as demand for vaccines, COVID vaccines, faded and the company does not raise its forecast for the year, Jim. Thoughts about this? Well, it's been a very, very tough time for them versus CBS, which is hanging tough at 93. Uh, I just think that in the end, Walgreens is, was just decided not to sell Boots Alliance. I, I don't want to say they're in disarray because that would say that they didn't have a good balance sheet. They do. Um, I just can't think of a reason to own it other than dividend, and that's not enough anymore. You need to be protected by a 6% dividend to save yourself in this market. Uh, I just think that there's better, better fish to fry than Walgreens. Huh. You know what? I keep hoping for someone to talk about stealing, about how bad their pilferage is. Because I think in the end, we all have stories. They're all anecdotal. But I know from speaking to some big box retailers that anecdotal is empirical, that there's real problems with theft uh, to the point where earnings are being hurt. And I want to know. Uh, It's always been a problem in retail, Jim. It's just the ability to organize it and resell uh, thanks to various online platforms, right? I think some of the big box would tell you that it is organized crime. Uh, like if you go look at certain power tools that are made by certain companies, uh, you'll see them being sold by other entities, and those other entities don't really exist. Uh, I think that we all have to be conscious of that there is a bill in, in Congress to try to get that to stop. But right now, I mean, it's a free fire zone, and we all know. I mean, I've talked to, I've talked to some of the big department stores about it, and I'm not saying that I want to talk about it. I am saying that if it keeps up at this price, with you know, where it's under a thousand, it's a misdemeanor. It's a problem. I mean, look, I went into a Gap in San Francisco, and I tried on a sweater, and the guy next to me tried on a sweater, and I chose to pay, and he didn't. Yeah. I felt like it was an art museum. Yeah, um, Jimmy, I want to get squeeze in Pfizer before we have to go to break. Uh, you, you like this uh, supply deal? I sure do. Anything that's where you get a twenty-seven percent increase uh, and more to come, I think Pfizer's doing incredibly well. Uh, and they bought this Biohaven, which people don't realize is going to be the migraine drug. I think it's a $5 billion drug, and I'm the spokesperson for the American Migraine Foundation. Uh, no one's talking about it. No one seems to understand it. I popped one this morning. I woke up. I said, oh, migraine. Put it in my mouth. 50 minutes later, no migraine. But I have asked so I've asked a lot of CEOs about it. Everyone knows someone has migraine. No one knows this thing. But when Pfizer closes on this, you are going to hear about a drug where you literally think if there's barometric pressure, 
the government allows you to pop one. Huh. And it's, it dissolves in your mouth. And it's the end of anything that tries to say that it's migraine other than the, the shots that you take. I take Amivig every month. Sure. But I, I think that Pfizer's going to, it's going to actually help close the cliff that they were facing. And so will this deal with the government. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Albert Borla, the CEO, uh, tweets about their submission for approval for Paxlovid in both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals at high he risk. He is so good. And I don't understand why people don't realize look, my chapel trust owns J&J. J&J is crushing it, okay? And, and, and we, we just think that the world of it, uh, AbbVie got that. These are stocks that just are great stocks. But you can't own nothing but drug stocks. But everyone who's thinking about needing a, a drug stock, this Pfizer deal today is extraordinarily good. So I, I really like the company very much. So. Uh, the, the last bit of news we got was from Universal Health. A warning on the quarter because not enough COVID patients. You know, that is, I had Humana on and they beat the number because they didn't have so many COVID patients. Yeah. Go buy Humana. Yeah. is the winner in that game. Uh, good, good for the world, but obviously tough for the hospital operators. Yes. Yeah. Remember, Humana told me that the number of days flu versus COVID, flu is now worse than COVID. Yeah. Now, I know anyone who's lost a family member, I'm not trying to minimize, but it is, uh, Omicron is just not uh, as bad as far. Right. Uh, it's a different world than where we were a yes. year or two ago. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and countdown to the opening bell on this Thursday morning. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Let's get Kramer's mad dash as we count down to the opening bell. I'm going to give you an example of what I'm really being bummed out about. Walt Disney, there's a piece written by Morgan Stanley today, and it says the parks are doing incredibly well. Uh, it, it, you know, Disney Plus, they think the weaker consumer, but the company's under content is under-earning and undervalued, but they pr- cut their price target from 170 to 125 because their price target was a, was a legacy of when Disney was much, much higher. And so you read this and you think, wow, Bob Chapek, I guess he's doing a bad job. I think Chapek you know, just got the renewal. Chapek's from the theme parks. They're doing incredibly well. So down 40%, they reiterate their buy, but all you read about is the cut in the price target. And this is emblematic of the second quarter. This Although, piece is second quarter. The, 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 ben Swinberg, I mean, his bull case is 65% upside, right? He's, yes. he's, he's dealing with different mac- macro narratives. Hey, look, they have, they just launched their fifth uh, uh, ship. Now, if you listen to yesterday, Carnival, the downgrades were so, hor- that one was so horrendous. You might be thinking, I don't know if I want to, maybe I have to take my deposit back. So, 
when you talk to the Disney people, they say, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell Disney, that you're gonna get that deposit back if you change your mind. And apparently, they're really upgrading who they have on it. I know that um, it's not just uh, older characters. And I, I mean, I was talking to some Disney yesterday, and she said, listen, why don't you go with us instead of Norwegian Cruise? Norwegian Cruise has Katy Perry and the one I wanted to go. Um, <laughs> now we know why. Yeah, but uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna convince my wife to take a Disney cruise. My wife had said that it was over her dead body that she cruised. And then I said, listen, how about Katy Perry? She goes, when do we go? When do we go? <laughs> it, 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 it is the worst Dow stock of the year, uh, Disney. Is it? Yep. Um, and it's training, Jim, basically in the area where it did when it shut all the parks. Well, I'll tell you, I think that what they need to do, they're going to have the balance sheet fixed. Remember, it took a long time because they way overpaid for Fox. They need to go back to a dividend. My chapel trust, candidly, has bought it you know, on the way down because we just think it's an iconic franchise. Don't have a good basis on it. Cannot believe where it is. Telling people uh, in the club, this is probably the cheapest stock that we own. Disney. Yes, because you know, we got to remember, they did pay too much for something a couple years ago. But now you're getting Disney Plus. It's like Disney Plus can no longer hurt them because it's, the stock is so far below where they started so I like Disney. Well, we'll find out if, if Shanghai Disney, at least directionally, what a great can add to the Shanghai Disney is, you know, it's just purely added. Let's get the opening bell here. Final one of the quarter and the CNBC real-time exchange. And the big board, it is Deutsche celebrating Pride Month. And at the NASDAQ, SK Growth Opportunities Corp, a SPAC celebrating its recent IPO. As the opening tick, Jim, will take us back to 37. I mean, oh, and so. that's where the this, this strategists are saying, look, we could really break down. Uh, it's Wilson's game. I got a hand to that guy, okay? He came on many times when things were flying. And he said, don't believe it. It's going to go down with, as the Fed raises. And I, uh, I've never made fun of him, but I, I, I told you, he deserves all our respect. And he is a very cogent figure. All I hope is he is a bull. I mean, as I, as pre, I want people to make money. Then he doesn't say, okay, next stop, this. Sure. Because uh, 37, 37 people say has to hold. Has to hold. Uh, back, uh, obviously, we revisited 30K uh, just a couple of weeks ago. 700-point uh, cushion right now. PIMCO today, uh, Jim. U.S. recession now more likely than not. Yeah. I wonder if you think... They pause in September. Do you think one? You think we get one in July and then they wait? I think that they do. If they do 75, they have to wait because the yield curve is showing that they're already too aggressive. I, well, I mean, markets to, pricing in a half basis point or a half point go, cut, uh, cut in the it, second half of next going year. Going up and then yes. down. But I, I just think you got to see what, the, what I want to know what they're doing with their bonds because they should be. I mean, there was bid in the bonds this morning. Why don't they like sell all the bonds in the world? I'm depressed. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you need to be. Uh, no, I don't think you need to be depressed. No, I, I am. I'm. I'm in a kind of a Xanax thing going here. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I spoke with Chen, Jensen Wong yesterday. You know, he's Da Vinci. Jensen Wong, Nvidia, one of the greatest of all times. They're doing this fantastic deal with Siemens. I spoke to the CEO of Siemens. Fantastic company. They're doing the digital twin. This is the beginning of large factory orders. And uh, I, you know, I got off the phone and I said, I don't care about the stock. 
The company has switched from being a gaming company to being the most powerful Internet of Thing artificial intelligence company out there, who both Mark Zuckerberg respects from the point of view of, of the metaverse and the Omniverse of Siemens, one of the largest manufacturers in the world, and nobody cares. Now you can say, well, Jim, at 300, they all cared and they lost their shirt. But I have to tell you, I thought, well, I was, Jensen yesterday was so optimistic. And, and I didn't even want to say, oh, but how about the stock? Because I just think that what he's doing with this digital twin, cutting waste in a factory, where you're literally making a, a, a digital twin of a factory and then figuring out how to make the factory better. It's so brilliant. And Carl, no one cares what Jensen Wong has to, is doing. Lisa Sue. I think she's doing incredibly well. well. Hey, hey, we got an upgrade of AMD today. I know. I wanted to like tell that guy. What are you like kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I, I I was with Lisa Sue when I was in San Francisco, and she just had reiter- just reiterated the numbers. Yeah. And it was like they cut numbers. She reiterated the numbers. We cut numbers. I mean, come on, everybody. Yeah. Well, she did bring PCs in a touch, but well, oh, yes, you're, but you're, PCs are going to be less than ten percent because of the of the buy of 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 of, of, of buy. You know, they bought Xilinx. You know what? I feel like going to politics. That's how bad I feel. <laughs> uh, those two names, uh, just the latest victim of um, number cuts this week. By the way, the president is wrapping up at NATO uh, and has some additional headlines. Let's get to Kayla Tausche. Morning, Kayla. Good morning, Carl. President Biden just wrapping up about 20 minutes of questions here in Madrid, where he heard from mostly economic journalists asking about inflation, about the price of gas at the pump, about voter dissatisfaction in the United States, uh, and also about his forthcoming trip to Saudi Arabia and the potential sale of Lockheed-made F-16s to Turkey. I'll start with inflation. Of course, we have that fresh data out this morning. He said that he acknowledges that inflation is hurting Americans, but he says that it's higher in most other countries. And it is not a problem that is unique to America. When asked what the G7 meant by supporting Ukraine in a war for as long as it takes and how long American voters should be forced to pay a premium for the war in Ukraine, President Biden said as long as it takes Ukraine to defeat the Russians. He said that two different times and he was very vehement in that view. He was also asked about his forthcoming visit to Saudi Arabia and whether he would be making a specific request to the kingdom to be increasing its oil output. He said he would not be making one just to the kingdom that Gulf states will be meeting together and that he hopes that they will all draw the conclusion that it is in their interest to be putting more oil uh, on the global market. Finally, on F-16s, he was asked whether there was a quid pro quo, whether in his negotiations with Turkey's President Erdogan, uh, whether uh, President Erdogan promised uh, to approve the accession bids of Finland and Sweden to NATO only if the United States agreed to sell those fighter jets. President Biden said there was no quid pro quo, but that he does uh, he does support the sale and modernization of Turkey's F-16s. He said that Congress must approve that, but he believes that it will get congressional approval. Carl and Jim. Uh, Kayla, appreciate that. Uh, a lot of news this morning. That's our Kayla Tausche uh, in Madrid now. Uh, we are going to watch RH, obviously, as a tell right. for today's action. It, it relates to luxury housing, something that Charlie Scharf uh, talked about, the, the yes, overall he, health he of, of Wells Fargo. But he did talk about how great business is. Now, more, mortgage rates were, mortgages were bad in the first quarter, so it's not a surprise. But maybe we can hear Charlie, who does not do interviews. Yeah, this, this is the Wells Fargo chief in Aspen. We're seeing a huge decline in terms of just uh, mortgage applications. We actually said recently uh, publicly that our mortgage revenues will be down 50% from the first quarter to the second quarter. Um, 
of which part of it is price, but part of it is just the decrease in, and the decrease in applications. Real estate values, you know, uh, uh, moderating in the long term are a good thing. For inflation? I think for absolutely for inflation. Um, because it's a part of it in terms of just increased rent payments and increased mortgage payments because it all filters through. Uh, but again, it'll, it'll be messy going through it. I thought he was terrific. Now, Charlie, as I said, does not speak what, what, I, what I mean, doesn't do interviews. Charlie's being very matter-of-fact, basically saying, look, as rates go up, maybe we get an inventory buildup. Now, this is what, I, what, I, what you said was so smart, Carl, which is that what they're going to raise, raise, and then there may not be able to, in September, they may not be raised because inventory is building throughout the system. Well, the RH, the inventory is building. Bed, bath, they don't know what to do with the inventory. Housing inventory, but not layoffs. Not layoffs. Housing. Now, the president, uh, I'm sorry, the Fed wants demand to be t- uh, tamped, yes. which would mean that job growth has to be tamped. The president doesn't buy into that. We obviously need more people in the country. It's a supply-demand issue. I was talking to my friend Sal, Sal Trujillo yesterday. Oh, and he yes. was saying, listen, if we had more people come in, then we wouldn't be worried. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, we're not going to. Yeah. He did show you when you had big immigration, that's when the economy did well. But I, I reiterate that it is an, that it is an inventory rece- uh, mild recession, not a layoff big recession. So therefore, I mean, I, I do get a little down when I see the market going down as if it's going to be a doozy. Sure. It's not going to be a doozy. Now, now that said, um, Journal's got a piece today about potential layoffs at Tencent and ByteDance. We've already talked this week about Novartis and Tesla and Substack and Niantic Labs. Well, I would say that, look, I, I, at, at Tesla, believe me, uh, Ford and GM will take anybody they can get from those places. I don't know about ByteDance. All I know is that is that Mark Zuckerberg Reels, mark my word, Reels in two quarters is going to be ahead of TikTok. Ahead. You've, you've long said that Meta was a second half story. Oh, my, is it ever. And, yep. you know, Zuckerberg, when you speak to him, I mean, I don't think he sleeps, which I like because then I can talk to him any hour of the day. And what's so great about what he's doing is, like, in the morning he gets up and he goes, okay, it's like pinky in the brain. I'm going to defeat I'm going to defeat TikTok. In the evening, he's created this metaverse. People have to go to the metaverse. It's so much better than reality. Uh, well, I'm happy in the metaverse. <laughs> well, uh, if um, not if Stephen Ross gets his way. Did you hear what he said about work from home? He said mm-hmm. if, if a recession happens, then employees who've been taking it easy working from home are going to have to do what it takes to keep their job. Well, I mean, he may be right. Uh, I, I, I do. I'm looking for the Warner Brothers piece saying that you know, price target raise, uh, that there are places that you are going to hire you. I, look, I don't think it's going to be so easy for the cavalier younger people to say, I, I know a younger person who said, you know, the other day someone was telling me I had to go to work. And I explained, hey, listen, I've got elderly parents. They said, OK, meaning I don't have to work because, you see, if I get COVID, I'll give it to elderly parents. Sure. That made that that excuse is a great HR excuse that's ne- never going to go away until we're absolutely finished with this. I don't think you can, you're not going to be able to fire someone who says I've got elderly parents. Even so I'm not coming in. Even with what ho- serious hospitalization rates and death rates have done. I think everybody's afraid. They don't want to be the person who fires somebody and then their parents get it from. You know. Well, then don't go to the movies or don't fly or don't go on vacation, but. Yeah, that's that. It's that dissonance that is yeah. confusing to a lot. Jim, let's let's do Bitcoin really quick. As we said yeah. earlier, it fell below 19k. You got Grayscale 
uh, fighting back against the SEC for the rejection of this spot Bitcoin ETF? Well, look, I mean, to me, Bitcoin has become the leader. Da- it's, it's now the tail that's wagging the dog. I mean, remember, it's supposed to be a, a refuge. It's supposed to be a store. value. turned out to be none of those, obviously. Now it's just a question of whether your Bitcoin is in a place where if you sell it, you'll get your money back. I mean, that's it. And, you know, Sam Bankman-Friedman, I mean, we all, Fried, Sam Bankman-Friedman, we all make a joke that he's J.P. Morgan. Well, actually, he's not J.P. Morgan, okay? He's not Rockefeller either. Uh, so let's, uh, I, I love his guarantee, but I, it's not uh, like the Federal Reserve. I think that stocks, when they're done today, I actually would, th- I would suggest people buy some stocks at the end of the day. Because I think that people want to, money managers want to show that they didn't have anything to do with this quarter. They were in, oh, there he is. Yeah, tomorrow night. Crypto Night America. Tomorrow night. Well, he'd walk walk a mile for a camera, that fella. Our our Frank Holland will talk to Sam. There's actually some reports out today that he took a look at Celsius and didn't like what he saw. Really? Uh, The Journal, page one piece on Celsius and their... The deposit ratios, Jim. Celsius seemed a bit, um, a bit undercapitalized. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. He took a look at Robinhood. Has, has he called Jamie Dimon? Sam. Take at, yeah. Take a look at J.P. Morgan. It's a good question for right. uh, Frank to ask. What do you think? Because yeah. the arrogance of this fellow. My actually had on. I like. Hey, you know what? I had two guys on. I, I had the Pinterest guys on last night. Yes. Uh, ben. Bill Reddy and, and Bill. Ben, ben Silver. And I felt bad for, I mean, Ben's great. And someone, I said, I felt bad for him. Someone said, Jimmy's a billionaire or whatever. But, you know, Pinterest is a company that has 400 million users. And the stock goes down all the time. Pinterest is a valuable company. I think that they're going to be able to figure out how to monetize. You know, you can't really monetize anything ad because they didn't like, you know, you can't. I mean, you can't buy things on Pinterest. I mean, look at that. you just talked about uh, the global inventory glut. Yes. People feel like they have enough stuff for now. Don't you think? Well, they don't. Now it seems like they don't want to travel. They they don't want to shop. What 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 are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, I mean, watching the boys? Is everyone watching the boys? The old man. And right. I just feel like maybe they've. Oh my! Maybe they're reading books. <laughs> That's like, why the Just Part is blocking that Simon <laughs> Schuster deal. I don't know what people. Please, what are these people are just standing around? Maybe that's what they're doing. There, people are standing around. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happen, what's happening to the excess savings and certainly personal spending, which, by the way, came in a bit light. Yeah, well, that's the problem. They're yeah. not doing anything. To actually, real spending um, was negative, four-tenths. We're, wow. we're going to talk about that uh, with NEC Director Brian Deese after the break at the White House's view on this morning's inflation and spending data. In the meantime, back to 37.5 on the S&P. Wow. And Treasuries, we said earlier, a wow. bit of a rally, especially at the front end. You got the two-year below three for the first time since early June. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here with some of the last breaking news of the quarter, the half year, and of course of the month in the form of June read on Chicago PMI expected to be up at 58 50, of course, the expansion contraction line. It turns out it comes in light at 56.0, 56.0. This is the lightest level since August of 2020 when it was at 550.9. We see interest rates down, many calling for peak inflation, but maybe that's not the issue. Prices are still very high, even though they may have stopped going higher. Squawk on the Street will return after this break. 
Getting back to these inflation numbers today, core personal uh, consumption expenditure prices jumped 4.7 from a year ago, close to levels back in the early 1980s, uh, but down 60 basis points from the peak. Joining us this morning, the first reaction from the White House is the National Economic uh, Direct Council Director, Brian Deese. Brian, welcome back. Great to have you again. It's good to be here, Carl. We started the, our show this morning with Jim talking about uh, core PCE coming off the peak, inflation break-evens, four-month low. Uh, market pricing in cuts next year, inventory uh, accelerations. Are you ready to call peak inflation? Well, what I'll say is that we, we saw some moderation uh, on core PCE. 4% annualized over the last three months compared to 5.2% annualized over the prior three months. And so uh, that is uh, important moderation that we're seeing. Uh, at the same time, the headline is being driven by what we know, which is uh, energy prices principally. Half of the headline reading in May from PCE was energy related. Uh, and those issues are challenging and connected to what the president was just talking about uh, at, uh, at NATO. Uh, but uh, we, are, uh, we are looking closely at this data, as I know that the Federal Reserve will be. And certainly there is uh, some moderation in the core that we're seeing. If energy is so much a focus, uh, what kind of deliverables uh, do we expect to be getting from the trip to the Middle East? Well, let me start with the trip that the president is on right now and the announcement that he made earlier this week at the G7 to uh, explore a price cap on Russian oil, which is an important step in the process of training the economic pain that is absolutely necessary as we hold the global coalition to hold uh, President Putin accountable, but train that pain on the Russian uh, economy, not uh, on the global economy. And so, as, as you know, that uh, effectuating a price cap would make clear that the goal is not to keep Russian barrels off the market and constrict supply, but instead to reduce the revenue that Putin is able uh, to accumulate from that. So that's an important, important announcement and will a lot of work to do and engagement with the private sector to get that right. But that's an important step. And going forward, uh, we are focused on working here domestically with uh, the domestic industry to get production up 12 million barrels a day right now, close to historic levels. But the companies have told us that they intend to continue to increase production over the course of the second half of this year. And we are trying to work pragmatically with them as well. All right, Brian, it's Jim. It's always good to have you on the show. Uh, I know you care passionately about the American consumer and how much they have to spend on food. Uh, I want to direct you to an article in ProPublica, June 16th this year, the hidden fees making your bananas and everything else cost more that I think provides enough information for you to go to the to uh, Mr. Cantor at the uh, antitrust in the Justice Department and go after the, what I believe to be collusion among the major carriers bringing us uh, food and many other things. So there's only a limited number of carriers. Could you please tell us where you are on the idea that perhaps there is genuine collusion among these carrier carriers that is really hurting the American people? Well, look, I'm not going to speak to any potential specific enforcement action other than uh, recognizing the issue that you're raising, uh, and it is certainly on our radar screen. Uh, more generally, we have been extraordinarily focused on anywhere in the economy where you see a combination of concentration and extraordinary, unusual price increases to make sure that our enforcement agencies are taking a close look. Uh, as you know, one of those areas that uh, we have been very focused on is ocean shipping, where you've got nine foreign carriers, three alliances, and a thousand percent increase uh, in prices. Uh, the president identified that issue. That took legislation, which he signed last week, which I think is going to make a big difference. We're starting to see some moderation on shipping 
uh, prices. Uh, but we are very active in trying to identify if we see any of those areas. And it goes back to the, the, the start of your question. Food and energy, we totally understand, hit Americans um, right in their pocketbook. And they also create uncertainty uh, for American consumers. So we're very focused on that, but also on other places, practical places where we can bring prices down, like prescription drugs, which is also a pocketbook issue for most American families. Well, to me, one of the pocketbook issues is the opportunity to create an amazing number of jobs in the Ohio area. Is it possible right now for you to tell me that this CHIPS Act will indeed pass? I have one with I had Secretary Raimondo. I have uh, Gary Cohn on today. There's $52 billion on the line, but it's far more than that in terms of the number of the jobs and what it means for our country. Can we get that bill through Congress? Look, I am incredibly hopeful uh, that we can, uh, we can do that. And because there is every, every reason to do so, every economic reason, because as you say, it's much more than the $52 billion. It's about the follow-on investment, the private investment. Indeed, Intel alone has said that they plan to invest $100 billion in domestic jobs, in domestic innovation. Uh, and it's also important that we, the United States, own the most innovative part of the semiconductor value chain. That's not true today. We are losing that race. So it makes every economic sense. It also makes national security sense as well. And you all know, uh, and I think many of your viewers do as well, the national security stakes associated with not becoming overly reliant on individual chip manufacturers or parts of the world. So uh, if, if, there is, if there is sense and we can bring common sense here, we will get that bill down here to the president's desk. And the pre you'll hear us, you'll hear Secretary Rondo, myself, and the president say, let's just resolve our differences, get that bill down here so we can sign it into law and we can get that private investment, we can get that positive flywheel going. Hey, Brian, really quick, just circling back to energy before we let you go, what was the, uh, the White House reaction to that? Uh, it's been called a hot mic moment from Macron, suggesting that maybe the Saudis don't have the capacity to boost production as much as we thought. Well, look, there's a lot of um, analysis out there around spare capacity, uh, and uh, certainly we're monitoring that, we're assessing that, we're getting our own uh, sense of that, and so not necessarily surprising that that's a, a topic uh, of conversation. But as we've talked about before, and as we're very focused, this is about global supply. And so that's what the price cap was about. Uh, that is what our engagement across the world is about. And it's what our engagement with domestic uh, industry is about as well. We, anywhere where we have an opportunity to increase supply in the short term, we need to. And we also need to keep working on the refined product issue here in the US. Uh, we made some progress on that last week, constructive meeting with the industry, more work to do there as well. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about that as we got crude back to below 108. Uh, Brian, always good to have you. Appreciate it so much. Brian Deese from the White House. Jim, what's on Manson? Well, I have Gary Cohn on to talk exactly about getting this Chips Act done. It must get done. It's the most important piece of, I think, national defense, not just industrial, but national defense legislation out there. And then Bill Newlands on uh, Constellation Brands, uh, college kids, recent study, people still drinking beer. <laughs> Nat natural light, in fact, in some cases, according to this Evercore piece. <laughs> Did you read that? Yeah, they, yeah, that was good. They seen it with someone drinking mezcal. I almost <laughs> said that to my wife for a mezcal coven. Uh, we're we may need a drink after today, Jim. Oh, don't say that. We'll, we'll see you tonight. At least after. Yeah, that's right. Bad <laughs> money, 6 p.m. Uh, thanks. We'll see you later. Uh, a lot more on the market action today as we are back to 37.45. Back in two minutes.
You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.